everybody. Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk Graham, and I'm here, as always, with the Reverend Bishop Logan Ketterling. Oh, I'm not a bishop. I'm a reverend, but I'm not a bishop. Uh, hey, just give, the, give that a little ex- explanation. What's the difference? Well, in our denomination, we don't actually have bishops, but in some denominations, bishops are more like press we would call them presbyters pastors of the pastors right and so i'm although i am a podcaster i'm not a bishop don't you also help oversee our network so in some sense you are a pastor helping resource you know other what? pastors i'm a bishop yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're looking for praise god hey uh for all the listeners i hope you had a great week i know i did how about you logan oh yeah yeah everything's great. going good Great week. Hey, I I heard that in a few days you're leaving the country. I am going on a global team to a, what? a country that will not be named. Um, but you're going with how many people? Eight. Eight people, uh, all from our church. Yeah, all, all of them are actually from City Campus. No, how often does that happen? Where a global team is we recruit the entire. Well, okay, all right. Uh, because you and your people don't know you and your wife attend City Campus. Well, as of as of last week. Making a transition. We're transitioning to All right. a different campus. Not a different church, though. No. <laughs> Same church. No, we've been at City for seven years. We've loved every minute of it. And Pastor Kirk, you started. It was Minneapolis at that time. Uh, just two weeks ago, celebrated eight years yeah. of the Min- Minneapolis, now City campus. So we were there when it started, and then one year we went to Woodbury campus, yep. and then we were back. And we're, so we've been there for seven years and loved every minute. Absolutely amazing, but uh, moving down into the south suburbs, and so... Well, you're literally in the process of moving, building yeah, a house yeah. in... You want to disclose the city? I know you... In the south suburbs. Got <laughs> tight security. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, awesome. Hey, I, I'm, I'm highlighting that this week I... Uh, was participating at 6 a.m. prayer. Uh, I'm not highlighting. I'm not highlighting that I was there. I'm humble, brain. but I'm saying uh, I was so inspired by the faithful intercessors in our church, uh, at least at the Apple Valley campus. But all of our campuses have some form of midweek prayer. Many of them are 6 a.m. on Tuesdays, and so maybe maybe you n- never knew that, or you've never heard that. But many of our campuses have 6 a.m. prayer on Tuesdays. Check with your campus pastor, check with uh, your campus staff to see when is the midweek prayer option. Obviously, you can pray at any time, wherever you are, but I would highly encourage you to participate, obviously, as you feel led, but there's something about waking up early. There's a little bit of sacrifice involved of, you know, getting up out of bed even when you're tired and getting to the church and, and and not just the sacrifice of getting up early, but then corporate prayer. There's a different uh, atmosphere when you are with other intercessors, other prayers, uh, prayer warriors, really, uh, that are passionately praying for our church, for the lost, to see God move, to glorify the name of the Lord. And I was I was moved this morning just by the people that I've seen week in and week out, month in and month out. This is the first year that our entire church, all of our campuses have had some type of midweek, early morning prayer. And I think the Lord is doing something. He for sure is doing something, but there. This is the uh, this is the kind of the tip of the spear, if you will, in the spiritual realm. Uh, that there's going to be so much fruit as a result of it, and there already is. God answering prayer, God doing the miraculous. One day to the feed the world was amazing. Sparkle was amazing. We're headed into a super full fall. Um, 
full of ministry and just believing God for greater things. So if you've never participated in 6 a.m. prayer on Tuesdays, would would encourage you. Logan, I know, I know that that's something that you do as well. Yeah, it's I, I, I've been to a few different campuses, and like you mentioned, Apple Valley, they always represent well and always inspired by people in our church who are, get up early and pray. And I just think I, I'm, I'm not a natural early riser. Yep. Some of my friends, if they're listening, are laughing because they know that to be true. But You'll get up for golf, though. I, I will. I was, up, uh, <laughs> I was up yesterday. I brought uh, Connor to the airport. At, at Big bro. 4.30, I got up. So that's early for me. You are such a nice brother. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, it's like a highlight of something that we do that maybe you didn't know uh, we did. This weekend, this last weekend, we had it, – it, it sounds funny to hear us say every week that this last weekend was amazing. But <laughs> this last weekend was amazing. It was. And a testimony video that was shared at Sparkle – was then presented to the entire church on a weekend, and it really informed uh, what was on Pastor Rob's heart to share with the church a message titled, What If the Christians Are Right? And if you missed this weekend, just really briefly, there is, uh, she's actually the campus coordinator at our Egan campus, but a year ago, Amber was battling some really heavy thoughts. She was tormented within herself. She was at war with herself um, and really fighting for her life um, and uh, contemplating suicide, attempting suicide multiple times, having uh, to kind of have a a one-to-one situation where somebody had to be around her within arm's reach 24-7 because she was such a danger to herself. And uh, fast forward, she had this thought uh, before attempting suicide again, what if the Christians are right? And if the Christians are right, then hell is real and hell is eternal. And I don't know if that's true, then I don't want to end my life because I, the objective of ending my life is to end the torment, but the torment would just be beginning if the Christians are right. So then she began to search the scriptures, the, the word of God, and then eventually coming to River Valley and talking with uh, one of our Connections pastors, Pastor Josiah, who answered some of the questions, didn't have every answer to every question, but said, my life has been changed by Jesus Christ. And if you're willing to give your life to him, I believe he'll do the same in your life. And and that is true for Amber. She's got an incredible testimony, totally transformed. Again, if you missed this weekend, would highly encourage you at least to watch uh, not just the message, but the testimony video of Amber's story. Really impactful. And I'd love to have a conversation with you, Logan, just around this heavy topic of uh, as human beings, there are times we battle difficult thoughts and there's a spiritual realm that's real. There's an attack of the enemy that's real. There's lies that we believe about ourselves that's real. Um, there's mental illness that's real. Um, and so I've got a few questions that kind of center around this topic and would love to just before we pray for needs in our church, would love to end the topic by re reproclaiming the truth that God is the answer. Jesus is the answer, and He has all power to totally transform our lives. Amber is a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. And for every listener out there, that is available to you in Christ. But but uh, just 
gosh, shooting it your way, Logan, to say Amber was a non-believer battling heavy things, and she found the truth in God's word and in Christ. Uh, it totally transformed her life. But I'd love to speak to the listeners that many of them are Christ followers, and many of them are in our church, and they may have already given their life to Christ, but they battle depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts. And they, they might have been there this weekend saying, I've given my life to Christ. Why am I still dealing with this? So is it true that Christ followers can still battle heavy things? Um, and what's the hope for them that are asking that question? Yeah, it's, it's a heavy topic, but it's an important one. And I think the answer is yes, it's true. Absolutely, we can, I mean, you read throughout Philippians, right, of, of all that Paul is talking to us about anxiety and, and depression and throughout all of, his, all of his letters, no doubt people were dealing with that in different ways than we do now. It wasn't social media. It wasn't, you know, maybe comparison as much as it was uh, the, the darkness that was around them. There was a lot of other religions that were fighting for their allegiance. So many different things that happened, but, I mean... Paul is pretty open with his audience that he's writing to that even him struggles with some of those things. And so yep. there's a ton of remedies, of course, that Paul gives in Scripture to how we can do that. And the main one, as you talked about, is to focus on Christ, is to recognize that he is the one that when you are filled up by him, he fills you up in a way that replaces those things. When it comes to depression, anxiety, and then obviously leading towards this conversation around self-harm, and even taking one's own life. As a pastor, and I'm sure you dealt with this as well, but I, I've I've had friends that have taken their life. Yep. I've been in the hospital with people who are no longer alive because of that. Stood mm-hmm. in their in their room before they were went off to, you know, be buried or cremated or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and the sobering reality of there are people who lost their life because of this. I have friends, we've, we host many funerals yep. for people who've done this. Now, it's not, I don't want to over-sensationalize it, that this is happening at, a, at a, such a high degree in our church, but there are people in proximity to our church that this happens to, and there are some people in our church that this happens to, even recently, yep. had this just happen. And so I do think that we would be remiss to not acknowledge that that is present in our community. It's present even in our church, especially in the periphery. And we would love more than anything to help, help people like Amber find the truth, find the hope, find that before they end up harming themselves. That is what we're after. That is what we're here to do. And so I think for a lot of people, they feel, well, I don't know how to do it. And just like Josiah, he answered it so perfectly. I didn't know all the answers, but I knew about Jesus. And I think that there's some people that are worried when people are asking questions or they're depressed or they're anxious or they're, they're going through something that they don't feel they have the qualifications to, to handle. They're not a professional counselor. They're not a pastor. The truth is prayer and authenticity and your own testimony are things that can help other people. Sometimes sharing a verse of, hey, you know, God works together all the plants for his good when they're in the bottom of, of their life. They're, not encouraging. It's not encouraging because <laughs> they feel like this is, uh, what are you talking about? Even you know, though it's true. Even though it's true, right? And and that's something I've had to learn recently too 
is just because it's true doesn't always mean the timing is the thing that's needed, right? You have to acknowledge is this person in in their worst day, in their worst moment, your presence is is more important than your words, yeah. right? And so we talk about that quite frequently. So again, can we deal with this? Absolutely. We see this at our church. We see this in our church. We see it around our church. We see this from people in our church. This is the way the enemy is attacking people in our communities is through anxiety, depression, and then believing this lie of the the only way out of it is to take your life, which is a lie. It is a capital L-I-E. It is a total lie from the enemy. But people believe this. Why? Because they get to a point where the devil actually convinces them, just like he did in the garden to Eve, he twists the words of God, and he makes it, oh, you'll get out of your misery by ending your life. Which the ironic thing is, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all, you're surely going to in worse misery, which yep. which is eternal, you know, separation from God. Obviously, there's other things we can talk about for those who are a believer, but they have a moment of weakness. There's a lot of controversy and, and struggle around that. Maybe maybe we can talk about that. But I, yeah, it's a long answer to the question. But I think absolutely we see it so much. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're um, if you understood Christianity as you give your life to the Lord and then you don't have problems, then you misunderstood uh, because even Jesus said, "In this life, you will have trouble. Like it's still going to happen." As a Christ follower. You're going to have highs and lows. Jesus finished the statement by saying, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. And so we've got victory in Christ and we we have to take the highs and lows in this life on earth, looking at it through the lens of eternity, that this life is a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And so our 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 biggest most victorious moments here on this earth um, are a vapor. They're here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, and our our lowest of lows, like like the days that you have your worst day, you're battling lies of the enemy uh, in your mind, emotionally you feel off, hormonally you feel off, uh, physically you're, you're, you're sick in your body, uh, whatever it is you're facing, those lowest of lows are, even though they feel like uh, an eternity in the moment, they're really a vapor. And in light of eternity, I have to keep my mind fixed on the truth of God's word. And when you're battling uh, thoughts like harming yourself or ending your life or doing something that would be sin or contrary to the word of God, as a result of the struggle that you're in, you have to take your thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And I believe that the Holy Spirit gives people the power to take their thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ, and to be able to get through. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. It's the acknowledgement that I am in the valley right now, but God, you're with me in the middle of it. And I got I got, I have to acknowledge that, grab onto that. God, you're with me. God, you're with me. Um, take it to prayer. Get worship music going. There's practical things as you're battling too. It's like excuse me, have you, uh, how have you been sleeping? How have you been eating? Have you got your heart rate up today? Like physical fitness, uh, you know, do you have a mentor? Do you have a pastor? Do you have good friends? Like, are you around good people? Um, there are practical things that can help you get through to the other side. And I, I think of, it's a classic Old Testament story, but it's um, Elijah, man of God, prophet, uh, you know, 
used by God in a really powerful way to defeat the prophets of Baal, fire from heaven. And then after that victory is uh, the worst day of his life, he's intimidated by this woman named Jezebel, and he's now battling this this lie and, and believing like, it'd be better if, if my life was ended. Like, I can't go on. And if you're reading the story, I think it's in, in First Kings, uh, if you're reading that story, it's like the the man of God just had this amazing victory. Now he's thinking it's better if his life would just end. And um, the Lord actually helps him through that. And there's rest involved. There's eating involved, like those, those practical things. Uh, and then he's strengthened by the Lord to walk uh, uh, like a super long way um, and has this moment of fasting, all this stuff. There's, there's all these practical and spiritual principles that are involved in getting through that darkness. But it's it's encouraging as a Christ follower today to go, wow, uh, men and women of God that have gone before me that have done great things for the kingdom also battled uh, tough thoughts, you know, heavy thoughts. And the Lord has given them the strength to get through. And so if you're listening, if that's you, I want you to know the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the acknowledgement that God's with you, you can get through what you're going through. And ending your life is not the answer. Um, and we want to we want to help you as a church. We want to help come alongside of you and resource you. You were created in the image of God. Your life is valuable. Your future is bright. There is a hope. There are promises that are true for you. And the thing that you're going through, even though it feels long while you're in it, it is a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. There's another side to this, and we want to help get you to that other side. Also, just want to highlight that you know, Pastor, I preached this this message. What if the Christians are right? The Christians are right. There is a heaven, there is a hell, there is eternity. Uh, the Bible is true. And uh, at the end of the message, Pastor Rob had it on his heart just to resource people that were especially streaming online. Uh, you know, they didn't have it in them to get to church or maybe they're too far from our church. Um, that there is a crisis hotline. There's a suicide hotline um, that's available 24-7. And if you are in the United States, you can dial 988 just like you would call 911, you can call 988 and it's a 24-7 suicide hotline. Like you don't do it alone. And that's not it. Like our our whole pastoral staff would want to make ourselves available the best we can in our strength and in the strength of the Lord to come alongside you and to help you in your time of need, in your time of torment, in your time of doubt, and I love that you brought up Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. That scripture is like a command. Do not be anxious. And when you're battling anxiety, it's like, how, how is that even true? I'm battling it. Like, how is that even possible? The fact that it's a command means it is possible. It's possible for you to not battle the torment, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the sleepless nights, the suicidal suicidal thoughts. It is possible for you not to have to do that, uh, battle that. And, we're, you know, we end every podcast episode with prayer. We'll do that in a moment. Uh, anything else you want to say on that before we kind of move forward? I just think there's cycles, and you've, you've alluded to some of them. But some people are wondering where they're at. And I think the, the first cycle is you get distracted. Yep. 
you get distracted from the calling that God's put in your life from your purpose on earth. And all of a sudden that distraction turns into temptation. Yep. Temptation turns into sin. Sin turns into habitual sin. Yep. And then the devil starts to play tricks on you because you're shame you're full of shame. Yep. And so it's this cycle of when you're starting to get distracted, then again, the next step is temptation. And and I think that the the, the big thing is keeping the focus on the purpose on and on the, the one whose purpose you're following, which is Jesus. And some people think they're depressed and they're just having a bad day. Yep. Other people are convinced they're just having a bad day, but they're really depressed. And they, yep. they're in this constant state of they don't want to get out of bed. They don't want to do what God's called them to do. They, they're not excited. They're not full of joy. And then from there, again, it's this shame and this sin. And I don't think always sin is involved necessarily when it comes to the topic of self-harm. But I think that there is a there's an, an openness to to the lies of the enemy. And the reason why there, there's an openness is because you're not filled with what God is speaking to you. You're not filled with the words that he's promised and speaking uh, over you through his word. And so I just think it's important for people to... It's, it's not like one day you wake up, you're full of joy, you're, you're loving the Lord, it's, everything's amazing, and then the next day you go, I think I'm going to take my life. Yep. It's, a, it's a pattern of consistent distraction, temptation, sin, shame, people that are speaking negative things over you, stepping in, leaning into the anxiousness, not getting help, not talking to a counselor, not talking to friends about it, holding it within. Now that pattern can be fast, yep. but for most people, it's not a flip of a switch. It's it's a pattern that goes and then you feel like you're in a cycle that you can't get out of. So I think it's important to for those who are listening that maybe aren't at that point feeling like they need to call the hotline, feeling like they need to meet with a counselor or a pastor, but maybe they're they're distracted or maybe yep. they're feeling that temptation or maybe they're feeling that level of despair occasionally. Yep. And they, that's a that's a warning sign for us to say we need to go back and refocus on what God's called us to do. Remember when Martha Tennyson was here, she said, um, I'm not preaching on healing. I'm preaching on the healer. Oh yeah. And I think there there are a lot of people that are in the space of depression or anxiety or or fear or or suicidal thoughts, all of these heavy, heavy, heavy topics. And I just want to encourage you not to pursue the escape, but to pursue Jesus right. who will provide a way for escape, right. who will help you escape, who like he's the only way out of it. And a lot of times we just focus on like, I want to get these feelings out. Like I'm trying to escape these thoughts. I'm trying to escape these feelings or I'm trying to escape this pain. Or I'm trying to escape and we're pursuing the escape rather than pursuing the one who will provide the way of escape. And so pursue Jesus, pursue his presence with prayer and worship and godly people around you and the truth of God's word uh, washing over you. Pursue him and watch that he won't change. When you seek the Lord, you will find him. That's that is true. Seek the Lord and you'll find him. And as you find him, you find life. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't, don't delight in the, in, in the desires of your heart. I, I want to escape this. I want to, I want to relieve the pain. I want to, I want, that's the desire of your heart. Well, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't delight in the desires of your heart that that that's that's backwards i'm pursuing 
the Lord. And uh, here's a question for you, um, and and you can direct our time just in, when we need to wrap up the podcast. But a question is, I, I think a lot of people, um, they may not be battling the heavy thoughts, but they know somebody in their life that is. And uh, I know I've had this question before. It's like, there's a scripture that says, mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. You know, there's a time for everything under the sun. And so when do I come alongside my friend or family member and, and gently, I'm just gently, I'm just with them. Like, I'm just with you. And that's, that's tough. And I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. And you're kind of empathizing. You're just empathizing. And then when do you know, like, when's the right time to flip a switch to say, no, that is not true. This is who you are in Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. That's old school. Like get act, activate, like, like you, do you believe it or not? Like putting a fork in your road. I love Amber's testimony. She put a fork in her road by putting the Bible in one room and the drugs and medication in another room. It was, it was the fork in her road of like, I have to, I got to get the mental strength to make a decision. I am tired of wallowing in this. And sometimes as a friend watching, it's like, when do I just empathize and I'm alongside my presence is powerful? And when do I say, I, I got to speak to you like a brother or sister in Christ, enough is enough. Time to make a decision. Like, are you? do you believe this or do you not believe this? And sometimes in the moment of decision is where healing comes, where deliverance comes, where God moves in power. Mm-hmm. I, I just had this recently with a friend and hope he's listening, but um, my grandma helped teach me this lesson. And she said, just because something's true doesn't mean you need to share it in the moment. I talked about that earlier and I actually yep. shared that with my counselor a couple weeks ago. And I think at times we feel that about people, but we've not poured into them in the level that has given us the authority to do so. I wanted to do this the other day because I know he knows it and I know he would receive it in the right time. But in the day that he was probably at his lowest point, I realized I had to take responsibility for maybe not being there as much as I needed to be. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't have excuses. It doesn't mean that I I couldn't make up things. But I think that there are days you need to mourn with those who mourn. You need to acknowledge, hey, I will be here and I will walk with you the next season of what you're going through. And I think that for me at least, and and maybe it's not perfect and I'm sure other people could give ideas, what I felt was the best step to do was get this person out of that place. And so, hey, next time we're together, let's do something that we love to do. Yeah. Let's say you love to golf or you love to, you know, watch a movie or, you know, whatever it is, just whatever hobby or whatever, something that gets you out of the rhythm of depression. Yep. Even if they don't want to do it. Yep. But it's let's just do something together. And I think that's a great first step. And then a pattern of, of getting people out of that that mode that they're in, if it's their workplace that they hate or if it's their home that's in turmoil or whatever it is, then from there in the middle of that, finding that moment to call the person up, I think too often we miss the moment. Again, I'm a victim of this myself. We miss the moment. And then when they're at the lowest point, we think that's the moment I need to call them up and call them out and, and tell them that they're, they're somebody, but they don't believe that yet. They're, they're believing the lie of, of depression. Yep. And so to me, I think it's 
get getting them out of the place where I mean a great example would be let's say you know you have a let's use quicksand as an example you have a friend who's in quicksand and they're sinking if you yell at them you say dude you are you can do it you can do this you can get out of the quicksand they're like I don't care I need your help right now yeah so you lift them out and then again, immediately, right after, what are you thinking? You're an idiot. You should have been. There's there's a time that afterwards you say, hey, how did you end up there? Yeah. But it's not in the moment they're in it. It's not in the moment directly after it. But it's down the road when they're calm again or when they're in a state of mind where you can actually speak through the noise. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just adding to the noise. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I love it. it. It reminds me of the book Power of Habit, with, which is not a, not a Christian book, but it is... It's a psychological book and and understanding just habit and some some of depression and and battling uh, thoughts or lies of the enemy is because of our habits and because of what we're doing or not doing or the settings that we're in or the people that we're around and that's why there's so many practical things that we've already mentioned that you can adjust in your life to kind of get out of that rhythm but as a friend helping somebody get out of that normal rhythm and and I the way that I would answer the the question is um is just really relying on discernment of the Holy Spirit, right. because there there are people that that come up and say, "Hey, um, I, can you pray for my brother or sister who's far from the Lord, or they're dealing with this thing or that thing, or they're living in sin?" And you know, I'll ask them like, "Hey, I love that we get to pray, but what if the Lord has positioned you as a brother or a sister or as a close friend?" You're the person to speak the truth in love because your your position closest to them and in proximity. Have you thought that that it's actually you? You are the answer to the prayer requests, and right. and are you ready for that moment? And you're not sure how they're going to receive it, but because of your genuine love and passion for that person, and because you've kind of walked with them in their pain already, um, are you ready to kind of? jump in and say the holy spirit has led me like i got to tell you the truth i'm i'm putting a fork in your road i remember being a junior in high school and i was battling depression and it was a pit of of isolation and loneliness that i was addicted to and that's the that is the sickness of depression is that you you are unhappy and discontent with life but at the same time you're you're almost addicted to that feeling and you cannot climb out on your own i remember when my dad came down into my room after months of dealing and battling and because he was the person that cared about me more than anybody else and he knew me more than anybody else and was in close proximity Proximity, he he picked a moment to put a, a fork in my road and he said this what you're battling and what you're uh what what you're in right now is gonna lead you to death and as your father I'm gonna put a fork in your road do you want to choose right now in your heart and in your mind do you choose life or death and he walked out of my room and I remember that moment and in the, in my heart I chose I choose life. Lord help me. And and I had not while I was battling, I I because I was addicted to that feeling and that isolation and that even though I hated it and I hated life, I could not get out of it on my own. In my heart when I said I choose life after my dad had walked out, 
it was it was day after day. It wasn't instant, but it was day after day from that moment that the Lord pulled me up out of the pit of depression. And uh, I just think that there are people in our church, the Lord is going to use you not only to walk alongside those that are hurting, not only to empathize with those that are hurting, uh, to comfort and to, to, to just be in it with them with your presence, which is so powerful and necessary. But there's going to be moments where you're going to feel led by the Holy Spirit in discerning right now is the time to help put a fork in the person's road to help them, again, gird up the loins of their minds and in their hearts say, I choose life. Just like Amber, I'm I'm right now choosing. I got to choose. I can't live in the torment anymore. And the Lord may use you to help put that fork in, in somebody's road. And that can save a life. You might be the answer to the prayer requests that you're praying for somebody that's battling that darkness. Amen. Amen. Let's pray right now for all of those who are battling that, as well as all the different requests right here. This is from Apple Valley Campus, praying for my son. He's lost. He needs help. And pray that my husband would accept Jesus, praying someone else healing in their marriage, praying that their kids will follow Jesus, praying for my health. I've been battling pain and I'm not able to sleep. Pray for healing been dealing with heart issues, meeting with a doctor to figure out, pray for my neighbor as they go in for a heart surgery, pray for the surgeon's steady hands, pray as I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, praying against cancer in Jesus' name, healing, pray for my dad, he's been under spiritual attack, pray that he uses Jesus 100% so he can have freedom. Like we said, there's people going through this in our church, pray for a friend who recently passed, pray for peace and comfort for his wife. Pray for my son's healing and for financial security with our family business. Pray for healing that I've been dealing sadness, darkness, and depression. It's true. People are dealing with this. Pray for healing for my mom and dad. They have different health issues. And a few praise reports. Praising God for the healing of my dad. Thank you, Lord, for guiding me and providing strength. And thank you, Lord. My kids love being a part of youth ministry at our church. What a blessing it is. Yeah, let's pray. Lord, I thank you that. Uh, in the natural, it feels like the need is overwhelming, but God, you are not overwhelmed by the need and you answer prayer and you meet needs. And right now we just pray against darkness. We pray against uh, the attack of the enemy on people's lives, people that are a part of our church. We pray over all of these needs, the prodigal children, that they would come home and find faith in Jesus Christ again. They would come alive in Christ again, Lord, that they would live as men and women of God. Lord, we pray over the surgeries that are happening, the the sickness that's happening, Lord, that surgeries would be successful and sickness would be dissolved and healing would come. Lord, I thank you that everything uh, that is fallen, everything that is sickness and disease, everything that we battle in regards to darkness, uh, when those things are removed, I thank you that it's not an empty cavity, but Lord, you fill it with your Holy Spirit. You fill it with your goodness. You fill it with your peace and and comfort. Lord, I just pray that as you, as you do spiritual surgery in people's lives, when we're talking about depression and anxiety, uh, Lord, as you do surgery, removing those things, I pray that you would insert the presence of the Holy Spirit like never before. And I've seen you dissolve depression in my life. I've seen you dissolve anxiety in many people's lives. I've prayed over people before that have been 
paralyzed with anxiety and they are now joy filled. They are exuberant. They're celebratory. They're victorious. They are new creation. I've seen you do it. Uh, God, I, I know, uh, I, I've got family members that have battled suicidal thoughts that, that it's easier just to end life and, and they're alive and well today, and they don't battle those same thoughts anymore. You've given them victory in that area, Lord. I just pray that over our church, that you would give victory in this area. I pray that anybody that's battling these heavy, heavy thoughts, that they would seek the help that they would need uh, from a pastor, from the hotline 988, uh, but more than just seeking the escape, Lord, I pray that every single one of us would seek Jesus Christ, that we would seek more of your presence, more of your truth and your word. Uh, Lord, I just pray that as we delight ourselves in you, you'll give us the desires of our heart, which is, in this case, it's life, it's vibrancy, it's peace, it's it's uh, good sleep at night, uh, and and Lord, I just pray this over our whole church. Pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, "Amen." Amen. If the battery dies and so does our height, what are we even doing? If it's off for a show and nobody knows, what are we even proving? I want the world to know forever and ever a life with you. It just gets better and better and I can't replace it. No, nothing will change it. You got my heart.
Hey, thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.